Hello and welcome to Success Unscrambled Podcast. This is Alvern. You're very welcome to the podcast today. The topic of today's episode is entitled 11 Crazy Reasons Why You Fail to Rank Higher in Google. Would you like to know how to rank higher in Google? You have probably seen some ridiculous claims when it comes to improving your your Google search ranking. Maybe you have tried it all before, but it seems that you, your website or blog will not budge or you just appear to be stuck on page four or five forever. It could be that you are brand new to this crazy world of search engine optimization, affectionately known as SEO, and you find it too technical altogether. The truth is that in order to get consistent hands-off traffic to your blog or website, you need to depend on, depend on an organic source like Google search engine. Many bloggers, entrepreneurs, and small business owners struggle because they are overthinking the process or they are lacking adequate, simple information. In this particular podcast, I'm going to give you the 11 crazy reasons why people fail to rank higher in Google. And I will also give you the opportunity to join the Traffic Boost membership waitlist. So why is it important to rank higher in Google anyway? Before I give you the reasons, I want to let you know or to find out from you if you knew that there are 3.5 billion searches made on Google every single day. So let's spend some time looking at why. Why it is even important to improve your Google search rankings in the first place. The folks at Smart Insights conducted some research across 100 websites in the, soft, in the software as a service space and used tools like SimilarWeb um, to pull relevant data. I've shared a graph in the show notes, so you might want to take a look at that. But essentially, the graph shows that the majority of websites get 38.3% of their traffic directly. So like on brand terms. So if the brand, say for example, is Lululemons, people will be searching Lululemons and that's direct search. That's or direct, they will actually not even searching. They will click directly from maybe a, a bookmark or Maybe they found a link somewhere and they will click right to the side. There's no need for them to search for it. 21% of the traffic came from referrals, which is from other, other places like social media. And 5.2% uh, um, came from social. And 26.6% came from organic search. So that's quite a hefty amount of traffic when you, when you think about the grand scheme of things. So if nobody knows about you, and you don't have, I guess, guest posts or um, you haven't written any articles on other people's properties, then no one will be able to find you because you wouldn't be in referral traffic. You wouldn't be in direct traffic. People who know about the brand and searching for it directly or typing in the, the website address directly. If no one knows about you, the 
or the other the best next best thing is organic search because if they don't know about you they go to organic the search engine type in whatever they're looking for say um comfortable yoga pants for example and they will find you because you'll be there on the list especially on page one so take a chance and have a look at the graph so you can see for yourself the breakdown of this particular traffic sources i also um, have a sneak peek of Google search engine market share by country um, based on um, some research conducted by Statista. And what it shows is that Google has 83.3% market share of search engine traffic in the US alone. Other countries included in this particular um, traffic uh, report are Brazil, India, Spain, Australia, Germany, France, Italy, Canada, UK, Hong Kong, South Korea, Japan, Russia, and China. So if you get a chance, head over to the show notes at successonscramble.com forward slash rank dash higher dash in dash Google. So successonscramble.com forward slash rank dash higher dash in dash google and you'll be able to see all of the information in the show notes there here's yet another a graph that outlines um mobile search traffic from 2013 to 2019 so traditionally people would spend time on their desktops or um uh, laptops doing search but over the last say 10 years because mobile phones have become so prolific people are now conducting search from their mobile devices and this particular graph it shows over the last six years that the mobile search uh, in 2013 was 20 27 percent and in 2019 it is now at 59 percent so more and more people are using their mobile devices to search um, for information and which shows you the switch going slowly but surely over to people looking for information really quickly, no matter where they are, they want to be able to access that information. It doesn't give a breakdown if it's local traffic or global um, brand or global, um, but take into consideration when, you're, when was the last time you conducted a search for something from your mobile device and Maybe check and see how many times you did a local search, so something like a restaurant in your local area, or something more generic, of like um, how to treat a boil on the skin, which is more global. It's nothing to do with local um, local search. So I have one, uh, another uh, another report by Search Engine Land. And that found that 90, 97% of people still conduct at least one search a day using search engines. Because I remember probably over 10 years ago, um, obviously Google is, I think it's, they're going to be there 19 years because they came out in the year 2000, roughly there. So they're 19 years old. So 19 years ago when Google just came out, people were searching um, for stuff because they didn't know where to find it. Now people, they are brands and you know who to look for. You bookmark pages, so you go to your bookmarks, etc. So people are doing less and less searches and going directly to 
um, their source or they're going to site service sites. So for example, you have um, accounting software online or gaming programs or, you know, sites that don't necessarily require search. Facebook, for example, is a, a typical example. People, there are some people who sell search of facebook.com, but other people would literally type in facebook.com and go directly to their site and they would, that wouldn't be considered a search. It would be considered direct traffic. So people can prefer to do a search on a regular basis um, using search engines rather than using social because you can also do search, um, conduct search on social. So Pinterest is one of those platforms that's considered, some people still consider it a social media platform, but in fact, it's actually visual search. But you can conduct searches on Twitter via hashtags, Instagram via hashtags, Facebook, you can do searches on them. But not to the extent that people do searches are uh, using Google. And this particular graph shows that close to 39% of people still use search engines to conduct their search and less than 5% use social media, either using hashtags or searching in Facebook or something like that within groups. So there's one more a graph, um, complements stat counter that shows social media statistics from April 2018 to 2019. And I know this is a podcast, but it's still this, this information is quite relevant. And this, this specifically focuses on the United States. And it shows that um, it, it compares the social traffic um, across uh, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Reddit, Tumblr. And what I found quite surprising is um, not a lot of people use, well, I guess YouTube. Uh, YouTube is one of those things that it's, it's a video search. As well. it's, a, it's called a second largest search engine. And it's classified again, just like Pinterest, as a, so, a social platform. But in fact, it's a search engine. But anyway, surprisingly, the number one uh, platform people use uh, is Facebook, then comes Pinterest, and in third place uh, is uh, Twitter. I really expected YouTube to be much higher up in in this in the, um, this particular graph, um, but uh, Pinterest came in at thirty seven percent and Facebook at forty seven percent. Now that I've totally bored you of all of the different statistics, I need to point it, point out those statistics. Uh, and before I give you the, the sort of 11 reasons why people weren't ranking, because I just wanted to, to make sure you're aware of, you know, why search is important, why you should, as a business or a blogger, be interested in, in search engine optimization. Why bother at all, you know? So what? Uh, but now that you have that background information, and I would strongly advise you to, to go back, look at the... Um, show notes because all the information is there, all the graphs are there, so you can actually have a look at what does the test, what does the data show. The data doesn't lie, so please have a look at the data so you know what's happening and how it affects you and your business. So on to rank, we uh, believe to rank higher in Google. Um, there are many, many variable variables, um, but the, the most surprising thing, most surprising fact that I've found over the last ten years is that a lot of the reasons why people don't rank higher in Google 
is related to their content. People will say, oh, well, you know, because of the backlinks or because of this or because of that. But actually, what we call on-page SEO is what it's called. So stuff that's related to the actual content on the site, the actual site itself, etc., is the majority or ways or bears the majority of points in terms of ranking points to get on the first page in Google. So number one on the list is quality of content. Uh, this one might sound a little bit absurd at first, but think about it. When was the last time you conducted a search on Google and found information that was low in quality? When was the last time? And if you did, that is probably a very good niche to get into. <laughs> because if Google doesn't have high quality articles to show that that result, then it's up to someone like you to go and write uh, content that will classify as high quality content for that search. So if it is ever you find low quality content on Google, that's a, a very big tip. It's probably time for you to take advantage of that traffic source. Many people continue to write content where the quality of content is low or not good, or maybe uh, Google just doesn't have any content to show because nobody has written content on that information, especially something that is new. Um, like, for example, I was looking up biohacking recently because I heard someone mention biohacking. And of course, there wasn't a lot of information. I, think I got results of Tony Robbins and a few others, but it seems to be fairly a fairly new concept on the marketplace. So anything that's new, Google will struggle to find content to show because it's a new concept. Have you ever, have you given it your best shot and will the user be satisfied when they find your answer to your pertinent or to their pertinent question? So when they type in um, the quickest way to get rid of eczema or something like that, and you have written content offering them the quickest way to get rid of eczema, you just think, sit down and ask yourself that question. Have you given it your best shot? Have you really ex given them an exhaustive piece of content that will actually satisfy the answer to their particular question? Apart from quality content, there is another thing to consider about content written for a chosen keyword, and that is user intent. So you're probably wondering, what on earth is user intent? Well, when someone types in a word or phrase in Google, in the Google search engine, they're expecting a list of results that matches their intent. For example, if someone types in the phrase onion juice, that's just onion juice. It doesn't, it doesn't um, give them a qualifier as what about onion juice they want. They just want onion juice. They may be expecting to, to get a definition of onion juice or description of it, where, it's, where it came from, maybe a Wikipedia result, you know, something to that effect uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the list of results. However, if they type in make onion juice, what do they expect to see? They are now expecting recipes or a piece of content telling them how to make onion juice or even a video showing them how to make onion juice. So hopefully that, um, that, on, that sort of answers the question with regards to intent. What is the user expecting to see? Think about what the user expects to see when they type in your keyword or phrase, or better yet, browse the existing results yourself to see what shows up. Number three on the list is incomplete answers. This one is a little bit tricky, 
But what it means is that you almost need to predict what the user wants to look for before and after your particular keyword phrase to rank higher in the results. So back to the example of onion juice. If a user is looking for make onion juice, it is likely that they already know what are the best uses of onion juice. And if they don't know, it's a good time to tell them. And just in case um, they, they don't ensure you have a, an article written on that topic somewhere. So for example, you may have an article called Make Onion Juice or a video called Make Onion Juice. And in the, in the, there's a link somewhere in that piece of content saying the 10 best uses of onion juice or a link at the bottom of the video saying the 10 best uses of onion juice or how onion juice um, cured, cured my acne, for example, or something like that. Something that relates to the how. So you have the, the, or the, the what, what it is and how to use it how to make it, and then we move on to the next thing. After they make the onion juice, the next best thing they may need to know is how to store and how, how to store it, how to store the onion juice and how long it will last. Um, so you almost need to become a mind reader in order to get the best rankings for your blog or your website. Number four on the list is website speed. I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast somewhere, but your website speed has a huge effect on your rankings. And that is, and here's why. A slow website has a negative effect on the user experience as well as your bounce rate. If someone clicks on your page result, so they type in the word make onion juice and they get a list of eight to 10 different results in the search engine, or the search engine results page, as they like to call it, SERP, and they see your they see your um, result there, say at number four, or number five, or number six, and they click on it, and they real somehow they realize that it's the, they're getting a what they call the this the spin the wheel of death. This thing keeps spinning and spinning and saying loading, loading loading, loading. Um, and they say, oh, this site is taking too long. Guess what they do? And <laughs> they probably don't even wait that long. They click the back button and then go to the next result <laughs> in, the re- in the search engine results page. Um, so I've given an example in the show notes of um, the page speed from my website, the homepage. So from, from a mobile device, my page speed is is um, ranked, I guess you call it ranked, at 80 out of 100. And then for from a, from a desktop or laptop, it is ranked at 90 out of 100, which is good. So anything below 50 is not a good page speed. So if you, in case you're curious, you probably listen to this podcast while driving or walking or whatever. If you have a website, go to uh, Page Speed Insights or Google Page Speed Insights is what it's called and enter your website URL and see what the results are. Your first results will normally be for mobile and then you can see another tab over uh, on the far left 
for desktop and see what the results are. If you if your results are coming up in the red, then know very well that you've got a problem with your page speed. If your site loads quickly, uh, but many of the elements on the site like images and other media fail to load, then that also causes bad experience for the user and they will click the back button. Remember that over 50% of people using search engines are doing it from a mobile device, which means they are most likely on the move or outdoors and they need to get the results back from their search really quickly to do something else. Number five is lack of uh, proper keyword research. So one of the, the keys to getting great rankings in the search engine is conducting proper keyword research. This can be a bit tricky because many of the paid keyword tools are super expensive or the free ones are not giving you a comprehensive view of the results. I have a screenshot in the show notes showing you the results I received um, when I was conducting research for this particular podcast, um, which the keyword is rank higher in Google. So you can go over there and have a look at the screenshots. Now, obviously, this is not a complete um, result of all of my research. It's just a snapshot into what it is I found when I was doing my keyword research. Uh, keyword research is a comprehensive lesson that I cover in my course. So it is not something I will cover in depth right now in this particular podcast. However, just know that it is something really important that every blogger, entrepreneur, small business owner needs to learn to do really well. Number six is meta tags. That's meta, M-E-T-A, meta tags. Another great one that is part of the on-page SEO process is including all of your meta tags and meta descriptions. So meta tags includes H1 tag, and bear with me now, I'm going to explain that in a second, H1 tag, which is the title of your blog post or your um, page, which is normally automatic if you're using WordPress. And then there is H2, H3, H4, and H5, and sometimes H6 tags as well. And these tags are what we call the subheadings. So normally you'll have a subheading for each paragraph, and those are normally H2 tags. And then you'll have a sub-subheading, which is H3 tags. And then you'll have a list of items, which are which is H4 tags. Um, and then H5 tags could be another index somewhere. But all of them are really important and must go into the right tags. Um, and it should be included in your post because it actually helps with your ranking. As much as possible, include not only H2 or H1, but H, 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 uh, sorry, H3 and H4 if you can. Your primary and secondary keywords should also be sprinkled throughout the content. Finally, it is important to remember to include your meta description. So what is your page or post or piece of content is about? You put that in the meta description um, section of your website so that the search engine spiders can index your content properly. I strongly suggest that you consider using the Yoast SEO plugin for WordPress to make it a lot easier on yourself. Check out my tutorial on Yoast SEO for further tips and tricks on how to use that particular uh, plugin. Number seven, we have user experience. So I've spoken about user experience a lot, <laughs> but there's still more. 
So chances are that you probably probably have a super fast website, but you still don't rank high in Google for a specific keyword. Now it is possible that the time on site is low because uh, you have an, a bounce rate or maybe you have a bounce rate of 95% uh, or lower. Chances are that your content may not be friendly enough for the readers or maybe you have ads or pop-ups everywhere. So consider this. If your audience, like you're writing for your content for audience that are 45 and over, many of them may need to wear glasses so they can't actually see really well when they're, when they're searching using their mobile phone, mobile device, especially if it's in the evening time. So if they search, do a search when they come home from work, think about the fact that they might need to put on their glasses to see stuff on your site. And if they're too lazy to pick up the glasses and they can't see what you have written on the site because your, your actual words are too small, then beware. You know, the, the optimal size for your font is between 16 and 21 uh, pixels. Just remember that, 16 to 21, the font size. Uh, if anything smaller than that, then you're starting to give people a little bit of trouble in terms of reading your content, especially depending on their age range. Um, the best way to check this is to either ask someone to pretend to be a user of your website and ask them for their feedback. So ask someone in each age range that you is your you know, your typical user. And you have people in their 30s and 20s who wear glasses as well. So think about them as well when, you, when you're deciding to um, write the content on your website and choosing a theme and choosing the size of your content, of your font. Um, and make sure there's a huge contrast between the background of your web page as well as the, the actual text on the page. So if the text is say um, black writing on white background that's the standard and people expect to see that on your on your website but if it is white writing on a black background obviously that you know it's a much more gothic style and you're probably appealing to a younger crowd but beware of the people the user friendliness of that because that is harder to read than reading black text on a white background Ensure also that your paragraphs don't look like a huge wall of text. Give enough spaces between the lines uh, when writing your content. Number eight on the list is that your title is not clickable. So we're going back to the search results now, and you may have all of this done, but something still, still seems to be not quite right because no one is clicking on the results. And the way to find out this is if you look in the Google Search Console and you notice that your chosen keyword is getting tons of impressions but zero clicks, then it is time to make your title more attractive, your title or your meta description. Your meta description can also help to get the click as well if it, if it sells the value of the content to any potential reader. So you need to look at your title and your meta description as an advert telling people to click through to find out more information. Don't give everything away. Um, leave a little bit of curiosity for them to click through to want to know more. I have included a screenshot of a title and meta description. The question for you is, if you go over and have a look at that, will you, are you 
sort of tempted to click on that particular result. I've spent some time highlighting what is the title section and what is the meta description section. So you can decide, you know, what you feel about this particular um, search result. Would you click on that title? How can you make it more appealing if you were in that particular person's shoe? Number nine on the list is high bounce rate. So just in case you thought that people visiting your website and clicking the back button straight away does not affect you too much, then that is a, a very misleading misconception. Thanks to Conversion Excel, we have a few benchmarks of what we can expect when we compare bounce rates by industry. So for bloggers or blog pages, this typical bounce rate is between 70 and 90%. If your bounce rate is higher than that, you may want to consider, um, you know, looking at how you can improve that bounce rate. I cover this extensively in my course. I'm not going to cover this in a podcast. Um, if you are just a content-based website, so you're not a blog, you're just a standard, probably corporate website, etc. The Industry standard for a content-based website is 40 to 60%. And then for service sites like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, any kind of subscription-based website, accounting, online accounting software, that kind of a thing, the standard bounce rate is between 10 and 30%. So if you are in one of those three categories, those are the bounce rates. So service sites, 10 and 30%. Content sites, 40 to 60%. And then blogs, 70 to 90%. As you can see, bloggers can expect that particular bounce rate. So I know many bloggers who, come, who, come, who say, my, blog, my bounce rate is 95 97%. Is that good or is that bad? Now you know, 70 to 90% is the um, median average. On the back of that, I've got a lovely graph. I know you can't see this because you're in a podcast, but it complements the, the folks over at Woodstream. And they give us a clear insight as to how Bong Street affects your organic ranking position. So anyone ranking from in page one, from positions one to position four, they should have a Bong Street, or you can expect that they would have a Bong Street of between 73 and 75%. And then from the time you get to position number five, your bounce switch would be between, uh, let's see, it's around 79%. Position number six is around 78%. And it goes all the way down to position number 13. So if you're in position number 13, your expected bounce switch is around 86%. So if your bounce rate is higher than normal for your industry, then you can see what you can do to resolve that as soon as possible. Internal linking is at number 10. Now that you've done all of the other things, you think, right, I've done all of those, Alburn, that's fine. I've ticked the boxes for all of those and I still don't rank on the first page or, you know, rank really high in Google. Okay, what about internal linking? Linking internally is so important. It does two things. First, it gives your reader the opportunity to continue staying on your website, to read more information, which increases your, your dwell time on your site. Secondly, it tells Google or the spiders that this piece of content 
is important because other pieces of content is already linking to it by vote by or ranking to, or yeah linking to it by their votes. So all of the other, say you, for example, you have a piece of content like I was mentioning, how to how to make onion juice. And the rest of the site talks about celery juice and cucumber juice and all of that. And somehow in it mentions onion juice or how to make onion juice. You'd have a link from the cucumber um, making page that links over to the how to make onion juice page. And that's what we call a vote or a link. Um, and the more votes, obviously, the better. Obviously, don't overdo it because you can overlink to um, a particular page unless, obviously, it is your prime page, like, for example, um, your home page or a specific landing page that leads conversions and generates sales. So these votes, internal links, help the users to navigate and help the spiders to navigate. Another key thing that it does is that it groups all the related information together. So say, for example, you have um, on the topic of making onion juice, you have one post about five best uses of onion juice, another post about how to make onion juice, another one, how to store it effectively, another one um, about a, a case study, for example, about onion juice. And then number f- the fifth piece of content is um, onion juice mixed with something else. And you have them all interlinked to each other. Not necessarily everyone linked to everyone, but it's sort of a progression. So from the time they start like what is onion juice, going all the way up through to the case study and then uh, mixing onion juice with something else to get even uh, boosting the results of onion juice. So, it, it, so the user is progressing through that sort of cycle or circle uh, of information. At number 11, we have insufficient knowledge of topic authority. Better knowledge of topic authority. A topic authority can really help you to spot trends in your Google Search Console results. You're probably wondering what on earth is topic authority? Well, topic authority basically means that you are ranking not just for one specific keyword, but other related or relevant keywords as well. So in the in the example of how to make onion juice, you may have, when you think of people and the way they search, someone might search how to make onion juice. Another person might search the best way to make onion juice. You might rank for that as well. Another person might, might search onion juice tutorial. You rank for that as well, depending on your topic authority. So Google might see you that you are the topic authority on onion juice and they will, over time, give you topic authority by by letting your one one web page or five web pages rank for a hundred different um, terms because they see you as the authority when it comes to, or, to onion juice. Blech. So let's look at the um, the the an example again. I, I really hope I don't rank for onion juice myself because I put this in the, in the show notes as well. If you wrote um, an article really, really well. So you have a really good SEO foundation. Um, you would see that um, how to store onion juice, how to make onion juice last longer. You know, all of those related keywords. Because when people are searching, they just search from their background and experiences are all different. So they will never 
everyone will not search using the same phrase or words. Google has recognized you as an authority on a topic and decided to reward you by ranking your page or post or group of posts for a lot of related keywords. You can take advantage of that by writing other related posts. So say, for example, you might go through the Google Search Console and you'll notice that Google actually lets you rank for 100 keywords on the topic of onion juice. And you might notice in a batch of keywords, there are 10 of those phrases that you, you haven't really covered in any of your five posts. Then you would either embellish the existing five posts or write a six post or seven posts to cover those other topics because people are searching for it, number one and number two, Google has given you a topic authority. So I have included a screenshot of uh, two groups of keywords that I rank for that Google has given me topic authority for. One of them, they've given me topic authority over 45 different um, keywords or related keywords in that particular topic. And then another one I, I ranked for about 161 different um, keywords related to that one particular topic. And I just give you a screenshot so you can see what it looks like when you look for it in your um, in your Google Search Console. All right. So have you ever wished that there was a simple way, a roadmap, a guide, or someone who will be able to help you to navigate this whole online marketing process? When I first started down this particular road of online marketing, I wish with all my heart and my liver, yes, you can ask my liver, that I had someone who would had a lot more success than me, or at least was successful in that particular area, who can show me the way. I searched high and low. Obviously, at that time, 10 years ago, Google wasn't the way it was now. It was very different. 15 years ago, it was very different. I bought several courses and implemented what I learned, and I only experienced a small degree of success. It is only in the last few years I found a great few, a few great mentors, not a lot, just a few, a handful, who knew what they were talking about. There are a lot of people who talk about SEO, but only a handful of them, they just know. And I've know, I know because I've you know bought their courses and I've implemented it and got the results. They just know. I've bought other courses, and trust me, there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, creating um, PBN, private blog networks, and all sorts of what we call gray hat and black hat methods. Trust me, forget about them. They have no idea what they're talking about. This SEO thing is a whole lot simpler than, it, than people make it out to be. Um, and, you know, I implemented what they, 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 um, they taught me. And guess what? Everything fell together because all of the shitty experiences I had in the past, I had this thing. I vowed, oh, I would be that person for someone who is looking today, for, for someone to teach them all about this SEO. Don't buy courses that promise you the earth and, you know, the persons are really, really shady. They have no idea what they're talking about. And you have to, you invest a small amount of money up front and then you find out that you have to buy 10 of the, go to the domain, um, the domain aftermarket and buy 10, um, you know, domains that have been in use for the last 10 years that has, forget about all of that. That is not the way to do it. I want to help you if you're interested. But the question is, 
Are you interested in getting help with your SEO journey? Maybe you are just happy to read a thousand different free articles online rather than enroll in a course where someone can teach you what is the best way to go forward. Someone who was in your shoes 10 years ago. You know what? I will give you the opportunity to prove me wrong. I am planning to launch a course that covers SEO in its simplest form. I even want to throw in a 30-day quick win to help you get off to a flying start. You're probably thinking that it is not possible to get SEO results in 30 days. Well, the truth is, if you build a great SEO foundation, you can achieve what others think is impossible. I've included a screenshot of a post that I published. And this I personally did this now. This is not somebody else. I published that got ranked on page one in a matter of hours. Now, not all of my, this doesn't happen to every one of my posts, but because I did, I structured as well, I did proper keyword research, I, I knew what I was looking for. I, you know, I've had this background of 10 years experience no backlinks, no sort of, you know, flowery, shady practices. I just wrote the blog post. Of course, did my keyword research, wrote the blog post, have a great user experience, answered the questions, did a very good job, click publish, and within hours I was in page one, and I stayed on page one since then. I have a screenshot, and, I've sh and I can show you, you know, what happened uh, over time. I published it on November the 19th, and on that very same day, it got ranked on page one together with its first click. If you think that this can be of benefit to you and your business or blog, then join the waitlist um, for the course. It's called the Traffic Boost Plan. I have left a link in the show notes. Uh, this course is not for everyone, and it is not a cheap course either, as I plan to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. It will really benefit those who are serious about wanting to rank higher in Google. Uh, so if this sounds like you, then feel free to join the waitlist. You go to successunscrambled.com forward slash, sorry, forward slash, so successunscrambled.com forward slash traffic hyphen boost hyphen plan. And you will find the waitlist there so you can join it. So in conclusion, SEO is not as difficult as many people make it out to be. In fact, it could be a lot of fun when you build a great foundation. As a blogger or business owner, you can keep putting it off for many years or you can embrace it with both arms and you could be surprised at the results. Follow the 11 suggestions that I've given to you on this particular podcast and I'm sure you would start to see some movement or improvement and you can even begin to rank higher in Google yourself. Chances are that you may need a more comprehensive roadmap or guide to take you from where you are right now to where you want to be. The question is, are you willing to take that step and change the way you think about SEO? Are you willing to invest in yourself? If the answer is yes, go to successunscramble.com forward slash traffic hyphen boost hyphen plan to enroll in the waitlist. Remember to subscribe to our podcast 
where you will be the first to hear about what's happening in the entrepreneurial and digital marketing world. Your positive review of this particular podcast is vital to keeping it alive and running for the next 12 to 24 months. So please leave a positive review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast players. Uh, if you're looking for more tips to get uh, more traffic from uh, get traffic to your blog, should I say, grab the 13 simple ways um, to grow your blog traffic. I've left a link in the show notes. If you need more content ideas for your blog, you then you have to see um, these blog post ideas that will skyrocket your traffic. I've left a link again in the show notes. And if you need to, or maybe you haven't even started a blog yet um, and you're planning to, to launch a blog shortly and you have a rough idea of what you want to launch in your head, then um, in that case, you need to check out the awesome blog launch plan that I've left a link in the show notes. If you're a startup or small business and you need to hire a virtual assistant to complete tasks such as social media marketing, blogging, keyword research, or Pinterest account management, then take a look at the packages that I have available online. I've left a link in the show notes. That's it for today, folks. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. Bye for now.